everyone and welcome to episode number 55 of the Smackdown Windown slash AEW Rampage Late Night Rager. I am your host and humble guide Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 143 of draws to a close. Happy Saturday morning, afternoon and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW winds down and tonight is an XT Halloween Havoc going down live from the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on Peacock. It promises to be a very fun show, very spooky in nature with Shotzi and Quincy Elliott as our co-hosts for the evening. And I have the lineup ready to go towards the end of this episode with a couple of sneaky good matches to look out for during tonight's show. But before we get to that, let's focus on last night's episode of Friday Night Smackdown going down live from the Huntington Center in Toledo, Ohio. And we kick things off with Sheamus versus Solo Sequoia. And I got to call out Solo for being my most improved wrestler of 2022 in WWE because his star presence is everything. The entrance on the main roster, the music fits him perfectly, but his charisma, his ability to get over instantly is quite remarkable and he's got the bloodline in his corner but he stands out as the enforcer and badass of this crew making his brothers proud and impressing Roman Reigns at the exact same time as honorary oops Sami Zayn cheers him on every step of the way and he was an asset down the stretch during this matchup and Sheamus is so over right now with the brawling brutes they're getting their shine as well which is always nice to see and as expected this match between Solo and Sheamus was incredibly physical with clotheslines punches Samoan drops galore at one point Sheamus goes with a tin beast of the battering until Solo blocks it and he delivers a hip attack to Sheamus against the still steps as we go to commercial break we come back and Solo delivers another Solo splash to Sheamus in the corner then Sheamus makes a comeback with a clothesline of his own before landing white noise but during this matchup Solo goes after the left shoulder of Sheamus which took that hit against the steps prior to the commercial break and as Sheamus goes up top for an avalanche white noise Solo blocks it and turns it into an avalanche Samoan drop by landing directly on Sheamus's bat shoulder for a very close near fall goes for a spinning solo finisher Sheamus blocks that and turns that into a total roll into the 10 beats of the batter in against the ring apron he beats on Solo for a bit, but Solo responds with a super kick only for Sheamus to rock him with a knee strike that pops the crowd for a near fall. At this point, Sami Zayn provides a distraction on the apron. Butch and Rich Holland try to save their tag team partner to no avail as Jimmy absolutely rocks Butch with a super kick. Jay lays out Rich Holland as well, and they toss the announce table on top of Ridge, Holland, and Butch to prevent them from interfering. Sami Zayn sticks his nose where it does not belong one more time. Sheamus shrugs it off, but in doing so, Solo goes after the bat showed of Sheamus once again and lands the spinning Solo to defeat Sheamus. A surprise victory, but a good one for Solo as he continues his dominance. On Friday Night SmackDown, I'm glad that WWE gave Solo a win over a seasoned veteran like 
Sheamus. Sheamus is super over right now with the brawling Bruce, but he loses nothing by taking an L with distractions courtesy of the bloodline. After the match is over, the Usos and Sammy go after the bad shoulder of Sheamus. He grabs some steel chairs, wrap one around his shoulder, and use the other one as a weapon to beat Sheamus's shoulder repeatedly against the steel steps. Jay has a fit, loses his temper, Mr. Hothead, as stepdaddy Sammy tries to calm down the situation as a wound Sheamus heading into presumably Survivor Series next month. And I can sense brawling brutes versus bloodline mm, could be something to watch out for next month in Boston, Massachusetts. But during our favorite part of the show, backstage bloodline conversations, Logan Paul will be in the building later tonight. And Sammy tells Jay that we were told not to go after Logan Paul. And that word comes from the tribal chief himself, Roman Reigns, because Logan likes to play mind games, let him have his moment ahead of Crown Jewel as he faces Roman Reigns for the undisputed Universal Championship. Let him do his thing. Let's be Usy. Don't be a hothead, Jay. And Jay is like, sure, I won't cause any trouble. I'll be a good soldier. I'll stay in my lane and leave Logan Paul alone. And based on his expression, I did not buy that for a second, as we would find out later in the show, that Jay Uso would not stay Usy for long. But great interplay by the bloodline once again with Jimmy and Sammy dancing after helping Solo score that victory over Sheamus earlier in the show. Next up is a promo from Bray Wyatt backstage this time. My only caveat is that they played his music a bit too loudly in the background. It was a bit distracting, but otherwise I thought this was a really good promo from Wyatt with another QR code dropped later in the episode as he tells us that revenge is a confession of pain and I have a confession to make. I've done bad things. I've been angry at times. At one point, I didn't want to hear the chant of my name, but then when you chant for me, It made me happy. It made me see things a bit clearly. But now I know what you're trying to do and it won't work because I'm happy to admit that I will do terrible things and I won't regret it because I'm a servant and I follow the circle wherever it takes me. It was good, creepy fun. And I love Bray Wyatt's delivery. His promos are captivating. No doubt about it. There was a QR code drop later in the show and it was to a psychological analysis of Bray Wyatt and there's a phone number that you call and there's like a little cryptic message attached to it so I love that the clues continue there's a rabbit hole there's a mystery to all of this which is different and a lot of fun and I've heard some pushback online saying well this is starting to stall out a bit but let's not forget this is week two of a long term story heading into Wrestlemania you're not gonna get everything in a week or two you're gonna get things gradually and I'm fine with that If Bray Wyatt wants to tell this story in a slow burn way, so be it. I'm excited about it, and I can't wait to see how this vision plays out on screen. It's been two weeks. Relax. It's all good. I just missed the cadence of classic Bray Wyatt promos that always grabbed me. The OG Wyatt family promos from 1314, Immaculate. Building up the shield and John Cena fuse heading into Elimination Chamber and that year's WrestleMania were absolute perfection. And I memorized that shit by heart and I got glimpses of that Wyatt last night and I loved him for it. Loud music with standing, of course. Next up is Liv Morgan versus Sonya Deville. And Liv Morgan is now embracing the extreme ways of Harley Quinn. She's got the colors, the makeup's a bit different, and she's smiling through a lot of pain. Sonya was delivering knee strikes and kicks and just whooping Liv's ass. And Liv is smiling. She's wanting more. She does respond with a missed dropkick of her own and some strikes in the corner. 
goes for oblivion that's blocked by Sonya Deville and eventually Sonya is going to drive Liv over the line when she slaps her repeatedly and Liv fires up she proceeds to pounce on Sonya take her on the outside slam her head against the steel steps and the announce table throws her against the barricade as well and she is counted out alongside Sonya fans boo Liv's ecstatic about this she grabs the steel chairs from underneath the ring in the ringside area and the fans want tables Toledo you don't get tables unfortunately as she has a pile of chairs in the ring Liv is going to superplex Sonya from the top rope onto the stack of chairs Liv eats the bump as well and she's smiling and laughing about the whole thing and I'm intrigued by this it's a different Liv Morgan she lost the championship to Ronda Rousey a couple of weeks ago at Extreme Rules and she snapped and ever since then she's been putting people through tables beating ass accordingly and being really happy about it by smiling and laughing maniacally and I want to hear a promo as to why she's so cuckoo lately but I like that we're getting this new shade to Liv Morgan, that you feel some kind of way after losing your championship. Are you happy-go-lucky or are you borderline psychotic? And you just want to whoop ass, go through pain, put people in pain and cry about it later, but she ain't crying. She's laughing. And for that, I am intrigued by where this is going to go next. Next up is a face-to-face confrontation between Braun Strowman and Omos ahead of their match at Crown Jewel in two weeks' time in Saudi Arabia. And I gotta say, Omos' suit game, the tailored suit game, the threat count has been on point lately. And he kind of sort of shoves Braun out of the ring. Braun sells it for a second, gets right back up and says, that's all you got. And that's the matchup for Crown Jewel. This will be probably Braun Strowman's biggest test to carry someone to a passable match. We'll see how it goes in Saudi Arabia in two weeks' time. Next up is Io Sky and Dakota Kai versus Raquel Rodriguez and Shotzi for the WWE Women's Tag Team titles. I thought this was a really fun matchup. I love the tag team work of Raquel and Shotzi in particular as Raquel blocked a scorpion kick from Dakota Kai, lifted her up and just tagged in Shotzi and they worked over Dakota for a bit with Shotzi delivering a nice cannonball in the corner to Coda before getting on the shoulders of Raquel, which ain't easy. She stands on her shoulders and does a cross body off Raquel onto Eo Sky and Dakota Kai on the outside as we go to commercial break. We come back and the heels are back in control. We're working over Shasi for a bit until Raquel gets the hot tag and she is a house of fire delivering clotheslines to Eo and Dakota respectively. At one point, we have Raquel and Shasi doing another double team with Raquel holding Dakota up and Shasi delivering a missed drop kick off the top rope onto Dakota Kai in a great doomsday device spot for a very close near fall. From there, we got Bailey acting a little panicky at ringside, realizing, oh shit, my girls might be in trouble, but Eosky gives a slight reprieve by delivering a nice tornado DDT to Raquel Rodriguez for a close near fall. Shotzi makes a save, and Shotzi and Raquel land an assisted slice break number two on Eosky, which is quickly broken up by Dakota Kai. Dakota sends Raquel out of the ring with a head scissors after blocking a powerbomb attempt, and that gives Bailey the slight opening she needs to distract Shotzi long enough for Eo to land the air crash followed by a moonsault off the top rope to retain the WWE women's tag team titles a good match a nice defense for damage control and a nice effort from Shotzi and Raquel who worked really well as a tag team during last night's show Next up is Ray Mysterio versus Ludwig Kaiser from Imperium. I love the red clean tracksuits from Imperium. They look so badass. The walk, the swagger from Gunther, Ludwig, and Giovanni is everything. And Ray Mysterio was so over in Toledo last night, beloved by the people. But Ludwig gave Ray the business early on with some nasty European uppercuts. As we go to commercial break, we come back and Ray does fight back with a nice set time from the top rope and a springboard cross body for two as well. Lands a head scissors off the top rope to Ludwig as well. But as he misses the dive on the outside, Gunther and 
Giovanni Vinci are circling like sharks to go after Rey Mysterio at ringside and Rey grabs the steel chair and he's going to chuck it at Gunther. Gunther punches down the chair and lands hard on the ground and Rey pretends to get hit by the steel chair. The referee turns around, allegedly catches Gunther and Giovanni red-handed. He ejects him from ringside for this matchup and Rey takes advantage by landing the 619 followed by the springboard splash on Ludwig for the 1-2-3. The crowd pops at the finish and they love Rey on this night as he will face Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship in two weeks time on a taped edition of SmackDown on November 4th, one day before Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. And it should be noted next week's SmackDown will be airing live on Fox Sports 1. I repeat, Fox Sports 1 due to ongoing Major League Baseball playoff coverage on Fox. And now it is time for our main event featuring Logan Paul. And he shouts out being back in Ohio. And the last time he was in Ohio, Cleveland to be exact, he wasn't shown any love by his hometown or his home state. They don't love him like that. But I will say that he makes people begrudgingly respect him for what he does in the ring. And that's the only points he's scoring with me and the fans for the most part. But despite the odds being stacked against him, he needs one good punch, one good strike on Roman Reigns to be the new undisputed WWE Universal Champion. And as he's cutting this promo, Jay attacks Logan Paul from behind. He super kicks him. He beats his ass. And Sami Zayn says, that's enough, Jay. Roman says, we don't need to do this. He says, stand down, leave the ring, and come with me. Let's fight another day. Jay feigns leaving the ring. He charges after Logan Paul. Logan Paul recovers, and he lands one good punch on Jay. I will be straight up and say that punch kind of sucked. It was, mm, wasn't great. It wasn't Shane McMahon. Air punch is bad, but it was, uh. And Jay sold it as if Mike Tyson knocked him out from the late 80s and early 90s. And Sami Zayn's face said it all. Like, I tried to tell him. I tried to warn him. He didn't listen to me. Roman's going to be back on the show next week, pissed off and angry at Hothead Jay for not being oozy on this night. And I love the tension. It should play it a little bit on Monday Night Raw as well. But Friday on FS1, that is going to be the true story. And that is going to be a moment as Jay gets read by his cousin as that tension ramps up after a couple of years of being dormant. Once Jay understood his role as being the right-hand man and being subservient to Roman Reigns every step of the way with Sami Zayn stirring the pot as well on the side and overall I thought this was a solid episode of Smackdown flowed pretty well good matches throughout nice showcase for the ladies on this particular evening Liv Morgan got character development and I really enjoyed the women's tag team title match between EO Sky and Dakota Kai versus Raquel Rodriguez and Shotzi it over delivered in my eyes and I really liked Bray Wyatt's promo moody loud music with standing was not a big fan of that in post-production but I love the context of his promo the QR codes are still a lot of fun to follow and we still don't know who is the maxed guy trying to tell Bray what to do the YSX mystery continues and I'm here for it as long as it keeps me guessing every Friday night and with that let's make the quick transition to last night's AEW Rampage going down live from Daly's Place Amphitheater in Jacksonville Florida the home base for AEW and we kick things off with the acclaimed versus the varsity athletes Tony Nese and Josh Woods for the AEW World Tag Team Championship and of course Max Castle fires off the shot that AEW won the Tuesday Night Ratings War for one night only against NXT which is always tongue-in-cheek fun this match was a stone cold lock in favor of the acclaimed Woods and Nice had some hope spots here and there. Nice lands a nasty knee strike on Bowens at one point for a very close near fall, but the outcome was never in doubt as Bowens recovers and lands the arrival on Nice, followed by Max Castle going up top and hitting the mic drop, elbow drop 
on needs to retain the tag team titles and reclaim the trademark of Scissor Me Daddy. The scissoring commences after Mark Sterling tries to intervene once more. Billy Gunn shuts that shit down and they can scissor and they can say Scissor Me Daddy and they can get the scissoring going on in Jacksonville and all over the country once again as scissoring season is back and better than ever. Fun start to last night's rampage involving the very over-acclaimed and you gotta love it when they just get the pops and deliver in the ring at the exact same time. Next up is Hook versus Ari Davari for the FTW Championship. It's a Hook match. Ari has some host spots here and there, but it's Hook. Suplexes, overness, red rum, tap out victory, badassery. I want more Hook at this point. It's been a year. I feel like they've kind of fumbled his heat a bit as being a star because that guy just screams markability, sex appeal, badassery. Push that guy on dynamite, make him a pillar for 2023. He's got next. If you put him in a spotlight to shine against quality opponents heading into the new year. Next up is Willow Nightingale versus Layla Gray. Unfortunately, Penelope Ford is out with an injury again, which absolutely sucks because she just got back from an injury recently. She's really improved a lot over the last year or so. And hopefully this injury timeout is not going to be a long one, but we'll see about that in due time. Rilla Nightingale is so charismatic and adorable and she's a badass. She knows how to work. She was giving it to Layla Gray. The fans adore her and I do too. By the way, her personality is absolutely infectious and I just love how she just ragdolls and pounces people out of the ring with the greatest of ease. Willow dominated this match early on by delivering some short arm clotheslines to Layla Gray at first until Kara Hogan causes some trouble at ringside, which allows Layla to regain control as we go to a picture-in-picture commercial break. We come back and Willow Nightingale fights back by landing a spine buster to Layla Gray, goes for a fireman's carry slam, only to be blocked by Layla Gray who lands a side rush and leg sweep. Kara Hogan tries to interfere one more time on behalf of her tag team partner and fellow baddie, but Willow knocks her off the apron, lands a kick to the head to Layla Gray, and lands a doctor bomb for the win. And after the match is over, Tony Giovanni gets in the ring to let Willow Nightingale know that she is officially all elite. She is a part of the AEW women's division at long last. She's very emotional. She hugs Tony. I get a little teary-eyed because I'm so glad that AEW's locked her down to a contract. She's so talented. And I think that she should be the one to beat Jay Cargill for the TBS championship to end the streak sometime very soon. I love their match a couple of weeks ago on Rampage and she showed me something. She's got what it takes to be a powerhouse star in that division in due time. Jay Cargill comes out because she wants her championship belt back from Nyla Rose and Nyla, Vicky, and the problem solver. Marina Shafir are talking shit and Nyla's not giving up that championship even though it's not hers and they take things to another level by stealing Jade's ride. They roll out of Daly's place and Jade's pissed off. She is going to fight the security guards once again, hitting them and the fans pop for Jade whooping ass as she continues her quest to get back her championship. And it's going to lead to Jade Cargill versus Nala Rose on TV between Dynamite and Rampage. If it's for the TBS championship, let the title match actually happen on guess what? TBS. But I digress. And yes, somehow I made that rhyme as we now move on to our main event of the evening featuring Orange Cassidy versus Press Vatston versus Roosh for the All-Atlantic Championship. And I thought this was a really fun three-way match. We got Roosh doing what he does best, beating ass at ringside by beating poor 10 
with the cables from underneath the ring. A Roosh staple at this point in AEW. Orange Cassidy tries to come through with a missed drop kick to Roosh early on as well. But he gets double teamed, surprisingly enough, by 10 and Roosh as they slam him against the timekeeper's table as we go to a picture-in-picture commercial break. We come back and 10 spears Roosh in a nice spot. Vance goes for the full Nelson slam on Cassidy, but Cassidy is going to counter that with the stun dog millionaire followed by a spinning DDT. Vance is going to block the orange punch, but gets hit with beach break by Cassidy for a near fall, which is broken up by Jose, the assistant of all people. And Dan Housen gets in the ring to curse Jose, the assistant. Hits him low too until Roosh bumps Dan Housen into Orange Cassidy. From there, Cassidy is going to get hit with a belly-to-belly exploded suplex courtesy of Roosh into the turnbuckles. Vance hits Roosh with a pair of clotheslines, an inverted blue thunder bomb, and the spine buster. Then he has a wheelbarrow German suplex on Cassidy as well for a near fall with a clothesline to boot. Roosh recovers and twists the mask of Vance around to go for the bull horns, but Orange Cassidy intercepts that by landing the orange punch on Roosh to get him out of the ring. Vance goes for a sunset flip after blocking the beach break only for Orange to roll through and get the leverage pin on 10 to retain the All-Atlantic Championship in a really fun main event. The crowd loved it. After the match is over, Roosh and 10 commiserate a bit. They come to some sort of understanding. I don't know what it is exactly because over the last few weeks, Andrade, when he was on TV, tried to court 10 to join his crew. And now Andrade is missing due to a fight with Sammy Guevara a few weeks ago on Dynamite. And he might be ice out of the storyline indefinitely. So I can see Roosh and 10 working together in the future as a tag team that could be quite formidable in the weeks and months to come. But negative one says, uh uh-uh. We ain't doing this tonight. <laughs> and Press holds him back. He hugs Negative One. They head backstage and the show ends with Orange celebrating his championship retention last night. And I love Orange trying to be Mark Henry during the interview before the main event. And Orange is the best. I'm so glad he has a championship main eventing shows now as the champ, as he should be to try to elevate that all Atlantic championship in the best possible way. So all in all, a fun Rampage from Daly's Place in Jacksonville. I love the open air atmosphere. Jacksonville has been run a lot in the last year or so, but here's hoping they come back around every now and then to make sure they give us that special Jacksonville flavor as that is AEW's home base most of the time. And before I put a bow on things, let's dive into tonight's Halloween Havoc card going down live from the WWE PC in Orlando, Florida. And the lineup is as follows. We've got Apollo Crews versus Grayson Waller in a spin the wheel, make the deal to be determined match. Julius Creed versus Damon Kemp in an ambulance match. If Julius loses, Brutus Creed will have to leave NXT. Roxanne Perez versus Corey Jade in a spin the wheel, make the deal weapons wild match. Carmelo Hayes versus Zora Mensa versus Wesley versus Von Wagner versus Nathan Fraser in a ladder match for the vacant NXT North American Championship. Mandy Rose versus Alba Fire for the NXT Women's Championship and Braun Breaker Brazilia Dragunov versus JD McDonough in a triple threat match for the NXT Championship. This should be a really fun card. Keep your eyes peeled for that five-way ladder match for the North American Championship and Julius Creed versus Damon Kemp could be sneaky great as well. Don't sleep on Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade because that could be great as well if given the time and if the weapons are used properly throughout their matchup and I'm pulling for a Roxanne win to get her back on track after losing to Bailey and Rhea Ripley over the last week or so. All in all, should be a fun, spooky Saturday night on Peacock at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 55 of the SmackDown Wind Down slash AW Rampage Late Night Rager. I hope you enjoyed it as always. You can follow 
follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and on Instagram at Wrestletopia. They can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows that drop on the semi-daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown on FS1 next week, and AEW Rampage on TNT. You know what to do such Wrestletopia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn plus Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back Tuesday morning with episode number 145 of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. Until then, enjoy your Saturday, Sunday, and your Manic Monday. Stay safe out there, and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care. Thank you.